Getting engaged is a moment worth cherishing. A one-of-a-kind ring that you design at Blue Nile can help your love sparkle. Just choose your diamond and setting. When you've found the one, you'll get it delivered right to your door. Finding the right engagement ring can be nerve-wracking. At Blue Nile, you'll have the expert guidance needed and a diamond guarantee that ensures you're getting the highest quality at the best price. Cherish all of life's moments and save up to 30% at BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Chemist Warehouse June Catalog Sale is on now. Find a massive 30% off the Thompson's Vitamin Range. This is Hurricane Valley with Gordon Simpson and Ricardo Ball on SENZ. Yes, a very good evening and welcome into all things Hurricanes. This is Hurricanes Valley. Mark Watson alongside of me, former Hurricane, a man who played 22 tests for Scotland. Uh, Gordon Simpson. Gordon, good evening. Welcome. Yeah. Uh, hi, uh, Mark. You're good to be here, mate. You're, uh, You're still very, smiling. Very pleasing to be here tonight, You're actually. You're still smiling. Yeah, it's a little bit different. 27, 26 over the Crusaders. <laughs> Arguably the most entertaining game of rugby so far this season, particularly the second half, and all sparked really by Dane Coles. Loved it. Oh. Don't you just love that guy? Uh, I mean, I do. He's, I do. Yeah, he's uh, he's very old school, and like obviously yourself and m- myself, we enjoy the the, uh, the old days, the old NPC and stuff like that. And um, he just reminds me of a player like a lot of us back in that day. And you know, just just in your face, confrontive. You know, just all those kind of things. Well, you saw it with Fitzpatrick. You saw yep. it with um, uh, with. Uh, uh, Richard Lowe was another little instigator. Robin Brooke at times. There's always been those little nigglers. Halfbacks are very, very good at it at times. And yeah. it's, but it's what rugby's been lacking. It's what we need more of. It's just, just I don't know, something more engaging. As I keep saying, we want to see the flaws of our sports people. And you know what it's like. I mean, you've been in the cauldron. You can be the most rational guy. Get out there. Someone gives you a little bit of niggle, there's a little cheap shot goes in, and you suddenly become irrational. But we as the fans are just sitting there glued to it, looking at it, looking at it. And I think what fascinated me the most is the genuine angst between him and Cody Taylor, yet they know each other really well. They've toured on all black teams, but how when they are wearing their super rugby jerseys, all of that means nothing. No, exactly. And I remember, and, and touching on that, I remember a story myself, and you mentioned Richard Lowe before. Uh, we had a Ramfield Shield game against them back in the old Lancaster Park, Wellington versus uh, Canterbury. And um, we had a prop back then, a, a guy called um, uh, Bill Fabenbardi. Yeah, big, yeah, big man, big man, big man. Mouthed off in the press, the media the, that week, you know, I'm going to smash the Canterbury scrum. And he was, he was going against Richard Lowe. And yeah, well, what happened is Richard Lowe destroyed him. Uh, we got our pants sort of pulled down. But I also, uh, they, had a, they had a dominant four-pack like they do now. And I got on the wrong side of the ruck many times, and Richard Lowe had a bit of fun with me. Um, but straight after the game, comes up to me, goes, mate, I doubt to you all day. You didn't sort of, you didn't cringe or you didn't cry and you didn't panic or anything. So let me buy you the first beer. You know, and it's just it's what happens. You know, you, the jersey on your back is what you, you, what you play for. You, you strive to get to do the best you can for the team and, and get, get over the line. But after the game, mate, you, you know, you talk, talk, and you, you have a beer with, a, with with your mate, or in this day and age, a protein shake. <laughs> <laughs> I've got to say, I, I must admit, after the first 10 to 15 minutes, I thought, oh, here we go. This is the Highland, the Hurricanes have just dropped their head. This is going to be a bit of a bloodbath. Too easy for the Crusaders, 10 metres out from the line. Um, but, yeah, they found a way, clearly, the half-time speech, or what we said at half-time worked. Uh, I, I mean, talk us through your emotions from, say, kick off through that first 20 minutes? 
Yeah, well, I mean, you can clearly use a, a common cliche of a game of two halves, uh, yep. especially with this game. Um, I, th- I think the the Hurricanes, for me, when I was watching the game, they looked a little bit passive. Mm. Um, they weren't sort of they, they didn't seem like they had the belief they could actually beat the Crusaders, and that's how it came across to me. Um, they weren't willing winning that collision area, but yeah, turn it around second half. Um, yeah, it's like a team of possessed players came out. They had good go forward. Um, they had direction from my 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 uh, man who I've been missing for weeks and weeks, Brett Cameron. Um, he directed them well. And the one thing, and I'm, I think I think even Steve Devine's mentioned this on Times. If you want to beat the Crusaders, you have to beat them up at the collision area. And the Hurricanes did that. Mm. Um, it was mentioned after the game by Scott Barrett, you know, and he he admitted that they got beaten up by the Hurricanes in the second half, and that's where the game was won. Uh, Adi Sevilla, uh, you prefer him at seven or at eight for the Hurricanes because uh, Yosse, I, I thought, was you know sublime. Um, you know, certainly took care of um, took care of Scott Barrett at times. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Quick he, off the mark. Yeah, um, it's a good problem to have for um, Jason Holland leading into this week's game. Um, listen, I think Brandon Rose has been playing well all year, along with um, um, Devin Flanders, who I've, I thought I've mentioned numerous times. But you also got to remember. If um, Karifi Duplessis is fit and available, he's been outstanding this year Brilliant. too. Yep. You know, um, at the moment, I still prefer Duplessis at seven and Artie at eight. Um, but you know, it's 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 not a bad problem to have when you've got four outstanding Lucys wanting to try and fit into three. We've talked about Aidan Morgan, just a young first five, and we know that he's going to develop into a very good first five in time. But does at times just look? Like he doesn't have that ability to slow time down, and that's the noticeable difference with Brett Cameron, isn't it? He looks just a little bit more poised. He just looks like he's got just a little bit more time. Yeah, he never looks like he's stressed. He doesn't look under pressure, um, and that comes with experience, like we've mentioned before about Aidan Morgan. Um, listen, I'm, I think um, Brett Cameron's still finding his feet a bit. I mean, it's probably what a game and a half he's sort of played now. Um, so, but you saw in that second half how he he seemed to sort of. Um, just get that that sort of confidence back that he had early in the season, and he just controlled the game. Even so, offloading a pass to th- think it was um, uh, Morby's uh, try, you know. So, yeah, uh, I'm excited to see him back, and certainly excited for him to be in Canberra. Yeah, yeah, we got Reuben Love was back on the beach, didn't get any game time, but just nice to see him back. And you'd like to think that if they can get the job done against Canberra this week, we might just start to see him get a little bit of game time. We know how good he is. Picked on that end of the year tour last year. Uh, and, you know, the Hurricanes without him, I still think have done bloody well, but he is very much in the mould, isn't he, of um, Ben Smith in terms of the way he does play the game. Yeah, I mean, he's had a, he's clearly has obviously had a very frustrating um, Super Rugby season, so great to have him back. Um, yeah, it would be. It would be great to get over this game next week, and uh, so this weekend in Canberra. Um, it ain't going to be easy, but if we manage to do that, it would be fantastic to see him 30 or 40 minutes in a game, you know. It would be... Um, yeah, I think a lot of people have been waiting for him to come back. Justin Marshall on the Bunnings Trade Rugby run on Sunday was absolutely adamant that Roy Gard makes this World Cup squad, thinks that he just brings something different to what we're going to get with Aaron Smith and what we potentially get from Finlay Christie and Brad Weber, that either Weber or Finlay Christie miss out, and that Roy Gard should go to the World Cup. And he said, look, this is what we've done historically, whether it be with TJ Perinara or whether we've done it with Kerbalo in the past. Where do you sit with that one? 
Yeah, I mean, I, I even heard Justin say it on on the um, Sky commentary during the game. Yeah. You know, don't be surprised if this name is called out. Um, listen, I'm, I'm always going to sort of rate him because he's a Hurricanes. Um, I think probably the last couple of games he's been a little bit quiet. He still has a little bit of an issue with defence, um, which I'm sure he's working on. But the rest of his game, just outstanding. And he does bring that element of difference, you know. he's He, he runs with the ball really well. and I know It's uh, good around the fringes, yeah, eh? Yeah, really good. Um, and I know um, Fakatawa does that too. But, um, but you're going to have yeah. to pick on form to a degree, Absolutely, yeah. yeah. And Fakatawa's only just come back. Roygaard's been sort of pretty consistent right through. Um, and... Um, yeah, he just he just seems like he's he doesn't panic either. He's a pretty relaxed kind of guy, um, knows his job and goes out and does his job. You know, Josh Morby is he getting enough credit because he's been pretty solid all year at, in the fullback? You know, there's been a couple of little breakdowns in communication at times, but all in all, I mean, he's more than a percentage footballer. Oh, I think the, especially the last few games, he's really been noticed and he's really he's really excelled at that fullback. He's probably maybe just getting a lot more comfortable with with his. Um, the players around him um, but listen he's secure under that high ball he um, comes into the line really well um, and he breaks tackles so um, listen you know it's hard to go past anyone um, fishing that game last week that didn't perform well you know um, obviously Artie kept up his great work Geordie Barrett um, that behind the Pass behind the player, mm. outstanding. Well, well I, th- I think he was disappointing against the Blues. I think yep. he made, needed to make a statement against another quality outfit, and I think he stepped up, and I think he did that. Yeah, and listen. Um, and if they yeah. e- e- and if they tell you they don't listen to the media, or they don't listen to the scripts, or they don't listen to talkback radio, they're lying. Absolutely. Because I think a lot of people were sitting there going, really, is he going to be our 12? It hasn't really shown much. But again, takes the ball to the line, and he's very, very good when he does do that. And that's that's what he's got to do, and that's what he's got to do this week against Canberra. Yeah, and that's that's the role against the Brumbies. Yeah, that that's the role of professional players. You know, if you if you don't have a good game or you feel like you've let yourself down the week before, you, you know, you're in that team for a reason. Um, you've been picked for a reason, so perform. You know, that's you know we we talk about it regularly about them having a week off and stuff like that. Well, you know, which we strongly disagree with, but um, these guys should be able to perform week in week out. They have enough time. And I know it is being a fellow player in that in that situation before. You have enough time for really re- relaxing, getting your feet up, and then performing on game day. Dane Coles uh, loves the niggle, uh, not afraid to throw it back at somebody. And maybe I think there was a situation last year with the Argentinian player Matera, where by all accounts he certainly crossed a line, mm-hmm. and um, he's probably learnt from that. But it's a fine line, isn't it, between using that to be advantageous versus that being detrimental. And he, he got it perfectly right. And uh, we we saw Cody Taylor buy into it. And then Cody Taylor ultimately gets sinbinned and suddenly it's 15 on 14. Yeah, and he, he probably did learn from that experience last year against the Argentina. But he's been around for a while. Um, and, yeah, I think he walks a, a, a tight line. But uh, he certainly he certainly walked on the right side last week, and um, yeah, I think you'll find a lot of those Crusaders players say, you know, he was in their face a bit, and he was probably a lot of the stuff we probably don't hear too, a few little you know wisecracks here and there. Um, that everyone you do hear them, don't worry, that it sits in your head. Um, I call so, it living rent free inside your head. Don't let <laughs> exactly. me live rent free inside your head. Yeah, I've wound a few talkback callers up over the years. Absolutely, yeah, yes. 
Um, you can, um, especially the green players, the guys that are put relatively new to it, you know, it'll probably m- w- w- sort of mull in their brain for a, quite a while. But guys like Cody Taylor, you would have thought he's been around the block the, a few times and he's he knows Dane Coles, but he fell into the trap. Mm. Okay. Um, what would have been said at halftime? And when you're sitting there watching at halftime, at the end of that first 40 minutes, what are you thinking needs to change? I mean, certainly more urgency. They just needed to get more numbers, just needed to play with a little bit more speed. What would have been said at halftime and how emotive would that speech be? Would it have been one of frustration of the coaches pretty calm these days? Yeah, um, I think the coaches are pretty calm these days. It's um, it's not like probably our day where you come in and you get a bollocking. Um, the I think they would have just said to the, the boys, listen, get on the front foot. You look like you're on the back foot in that first half in everything. Get in the front foot. If we're going to kick, everyone chase. Let's get in their face. Um, let's be a bit more um, constructive around that collision area. Let's take the ball hard to the line um, and win our set phase. You know, the lineouts. Even though Dane Coles was there, who's redoubt the the one of the best lineout throwers in, in the game at the moment, still is. Um, we missed a few lineouts in that um, mm. in that first half. So it would have been obviously but, cleaning but that, up some that's areas. That's been an issue all year, hasn't yeah, it? Yeah, it has. Um, and I don't know if you put that down to the line-out jumper or do you put it down to the thrower-in or do you put it down to the actual calls that the calls aren't you know, going to the right places. It's mm. it's a tough one, but yeah. Did they do a good job? And Canterbury, well, the Crusaders appeared to do a pretty good job in that first 40 minutes because Julian Savera did take him the second half to really sort of, again, along with Dane Coles, just lift that tempo and bring that X factor, those key moments that just turn a game. Yeah, it, it felt like that first half. The Hurricanes were just prepared to defend, defend, and and rate their defence. And listen, they made they made some try saving tackles too, and and um, and defensive. Their defence was probably one positive in that first half. Um, but they didn't look like they really wanted to attack and and, and, and go forward and go forward and really um, challenge the um, the Crusaders. Um, so that that halftime talk was probably why the coaches say, listen. You're letting them play the whole game. You guys need to start playing the game. You guys, they need to start defending you. They need to start getting um, in the, those dark places that you're finding yourself at the moment. Broden Yase playing at number eight for the Hurricanes. He appears to be a player with a big future. And suddenly when I look around the Super Rugby franchises, I thought uh, Signa was very good with the Blues. We're starting to see some Leo Willie for the Crusaders. He's a big boy, mm. but suddenly we're starting to see some real young talent starting to come through in the loose and at number eight. Yeah, and that's that's great for the New Zealand game. Um, you think about all the, uh, the I guess, the, the elder statesmen of the All Blacks that are moving overseas or going elsewhere, retiring, whatever it may be. Um, it's good to see that there's actually some depth coming through and, and you're spot on with those those players you mentioned. Um, and this is great. This is great experience for them. Um, they, probably, they may not be the starting players in those positions, but they're learning and when they get their chances, they're really taking them. Mm, Braden Yossi out of Palmerston North Boys High School. I always like to throw in the schools they have come from. Uh, right, you are listening to Hurricanes Valley. Mark Watson alongside of me, Gordon Simpson, celebrating all things to do with the Hurricanes. We'll take a wee break. When we come back and off the other side of it, we will just have a look at this game this weekend against the Brumbies in Canberra. Never an easy place to travel. Brumbies have been so good for so much of the season, the last three to four weeks, have started to fall apart a little bit. Hurricanes, they needed that victory. Can they maintain that momentum? Do they have the ability to lift themselves again? Or is that just going to be automatic because of the confidence they take away from beating a very good Crusaders team? You're listening to SENZ.
Yes, indeed. 22 tests for Scotland. Man, he started his career with North Harbour out of Ros Mini and ended up playing for the Hurricanes in those early years of Super Rugby. He's a Hurricanes man through and through. His name is Gordon Simpson as we celebrate the Hurricanes as they get set for their quarterfinal against the Brumbies in Canberra. Chemist Warehouse, Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. Okay, let's. why is it so tough to travel to Canberra and win in Canberra? Why do so many teams struggle? What is it about the trip? What is it about the town? Um... Yeah, I mean it's it's a difficult one. It's not a it's not a sort of entertaining town, so you should be able to play well there because really your whole focus should be just around the rugby the rugby game itself. Um, it will be cold there um, on um, Saturday night, uh, and just with I guess you just go back to the history of the the, the Brumbies. They're 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 probably the most successful Australian team, um, and they're there for a reason because they've won that many games this year, um, and. They, they just seem to perform well at home. Um, I wouldn't say it's anything about the pitch or the, the ground itself. It's just that the the Brumbies seem to win more of their home games than they lose. So, um, And we know we know what kind of team they're like too, so we can break that down as well. Yeah. Do teams, what, are they go into their shell a little bit there? I mean, how do the Hurricanes need to play this? Um, Is it just yeah. a blueprint of that second half against the Crusaders? If they play like that, they can beat any team? Absolutely. I mean, we, we, I think we continue to talk about it. Um, and I'm sure other, the other the other co-hosts that talk about the other teams, they talk about it too. Is that collision area. You know, as soon as the Hurricanes started competing and beating up the Crusaders at collision area, they started to dominate that game. They started to get ball on the front foot. They had guys who were running over the advantage line and they got territory and they started moving forward. Um same as the same game against the Brumbies. They need to they need to sort of set the platform up front, um, and you know I guess the other thing what the Hurricanes really need to do, and it's probably another thing with other teams visiting um, Canberra. Um, Canberra seem to kick the ball a lot downfield and and trust their defence and wait for the other team to make a mistake. So um, they get up quickly. They yeah. good kick and chase, and yeah. they get up in a line. Yeah, I don't see the Brumbies. I mean, back in the day, so, they, so, yeah. so how do you combat that then? So. Let's assume Morby then is one of the receivers, or it might go back to Naholo or uh, one of the back three. Um, what, what, what? How, how do you negate that that flat defence, that line that comes up quickly? I think you just get you get numbers back. You know, you ne- so you've got yeah. to get your numbers back. Absolutely, yep. and I think at times maybe um, uh, during the year the Hurricanes have probably lacked numbers getting back. So it's about it's about urgency. It's about getting back, supporting your fullback, your winger, whoever's bringing it up. I mean, because that's what week, they lacked in that first half against the Crusaders was just urgency, wasn't there? Yeah, but you see the second half with Naholo, how much urgency? Yeah. He didn't kick the ball. He's clearly not a. He's obviously got to work a bit on his kicking game, but he brought it out twice from. In his goal, in his twenty, sorry, in behind his goal line and just out of his goal line, and he brought it up with, with aggression and with purpose. How much work will the Hurricanes been doing this week in terms of defending their line from either the rolling mall or from just second and third phase pick and go? Because they were exposed two or three times by the Crusaders early. One of them not been given a try because it was deemed to be a little bit of shepherding, I think, from mm. R four. And they pulled that back, and that was fair enough too. But boy, they looked vulnerable early. Yeah, and so they they would have they would have highlighted that on the video. Um, yeah, I still have reservations about their goal line defence. So they're going to have to really get. Um, they would have probably hopefully focused a lot on that this week. Um, obviously, with uh, the the Ray the sorry the um, the Brumbies, they um, they're rolling more off a line out five ten metres out as as customary. Uh, I think every team that goes there knows that, and that's why I come back to the whole defence. Sorry, the uh, the um, the um, 
uh, penalties, don't give away penalties, um, discipline, because they'll just kick it in the corner and they will drive and they'll drive. And they're the kind of team that will take three minutes to do it, you know, as long as they continue going forward. Um, they, they seem to get over the line more times than they don't. So, um, so yeah, obviously, like I said before, um, the collision area and continue what they did in that second half, like you mentioned, um, against the Crusaders. Jack DeBresny, uh, first 5'8", for um, the Brumbies. I mean, reasonably well-experienced campaigner, 30 years of age. Nick White on his inside. Very good loose forward trio for this hurricane, uh, for this um, uh, Brumbies team. Uh, you've got Michael Hooper at six. You've got Valentini, Wallaby at eight, uh, Brown at seven, which in itself should just be a mouth-watering battle between the loose forwards that we've talked about for the Hurricanes. How important is that battle, that loose forward trio battle? Or does that mean nothing if your type five don't get it right? Yeah, I mean, it's it's difficult when you have um, a type five going back to perform well as a loose forward. Um, so like I mentioned, the type five have got to put, got to get the um, ball rolling as far as getting that on that front foot. The the Hurricane scrum's been solid all year. I'm not I'm not too concerned about that. I think we can um, we can um, get by with our scrum. It's the lineouts and getting on over the advantage line on the lineouts. Firstly, winning the lineout, and then obviously working from the lineout. Um, possession's going to be key. Um, I think the Hurricanes probably need to hold on a bit of, to a bit of position and keep what they did against the Crusaders, keep working around those edges and get, bring those um, Canberra boys in. What do you want to see from Brett Cameron? Because he primarily will control things and you've talked about maybe holding on to the ball a little bit more. So w- what should we expect from Brett Cameron? Just direction, you know. Um, you know, I, I imagine he'll send up um, Geordie and send him up and then maybe get the fours running around him and just keep playing off off um, Brett Cameron, play off him, and then when he sees probably a trigger or something to maybe kick it down downtown if they've got some space, or put it up and under for, to try and retain it again. He's a smart he's a smart man. I mean, and this is what I sort of mentioned weeks ago is that's a missing factor. I think we're we're not getting from the Hurricanes at the moment the direction that from a from a first five that can really um, put put the put the Hurricanes forward. So um, he just needs he just needs players to work around him and let him do what he does best. OK, John's just phoned through the programme. We do have a little bit of time. Hi, John. Yeah, yeah. Uh, afternoon, afternoon, guys. Hey, I'm really looking forward to this game. I think um, the Hurricanes have all the ability to, to take this home. Uh, I think what is crucial, like you've talked about, is that line-out. Uh, a couple of weeks ago when they came up to Auckland, I think they lost about eight line-outs. And about five of them were misthrows. Um, and like you said, they've probably got one of the strongest scrums on the entire round, Lomax. Mate, he's the best tight head, one of the best tight heads in the world now. His game is just on bloody bonkers, mate, since he's had against Ireland. Um, so I think the Hurricanes, for me, should be favourite. Yeah, no, I totally agree. I think um, I think when they played the Brumbies in Wellington um, a few weeks ago, um, the Brumbies scored a, I think they scored a try from a, um, a sort of uh, down from their own 22, a runaway around the outside, and then they got a um, the big lot got one from inside their own 22 and ran the length of the field too. So, um, alongside with the line out, that's key. Yeah, like you mentioned, that's key for um, if Colsey's starting or Amua or whoever's starting, um, they need to sort that line out out. Um, just win their own ball, focus on their ball. Um, you know they can compete against the um, the Brumbies ball, but really concentrate their own ball. And I think if we fix that out, we retain that ball, um, especially in certain situations when we're five metres out, ten metres out from the line. And we've in the past the few weeks we've sort of let ourselves down with yeah not being straight or mis mistiming with the jumper. So um, 
you bring up some great points here, especially around that line out. Yeah, thanks, John. Lovely to have you on the program. Is there is there a default setting at line out time? Is there the is there the easy option, the percentage play at line out time? Um, I think. Well, I mean, I don't know about this day and age, but back in our day, it was go to the short line out. So your four man, your three man line out. So you've got you don't have as many sort of pods going up for the ball. Um, so. You know, um, I don't know. I haven't seen a lot of short lineouts from the Hurricanes. Because the Brumbies will attack this Hurricanes lineup. They'll realise that it's been an area of concern. Absolutely. So maybe maybe there is a avenue there to bring in some short lineouts and maybe take away that focus from the Brumbies who will think, well, they they, they haven't done many short lineouts all year, um, so they won't do it. This, they won't do it against us. Um, because then you've only got really one pod if you've got a four man lineup. Only got really one pod set up, but you can use like two pods. But you've only got one pod set up. Um, and you've got to get the timing exactly right if you're the opposition to try and negate that that um, that uh, jump. Chemist Warehouse, Chemist Warehouse, the real house of fragrances. DHL Super Rugby Pacific is underway. Um, Gordon, your DHL Super Rugby Pacific Hurricanes Player of the Round. Yeah, well, there was a lot of uh, there was a lot of uh, guys holding their hand up, but um, I'm going to say Geordie Barrett. I just thought he came he came back like you mentioned from that. The the previous week's game where he was probably a little bit off or he sort of got didn't really um, get himself up to sort of um, really perform for them. So and I thought against the Crusaders he had an outstanding game, um, some great offloads, some great direct running. Um, so yeah, Geordie Barrett. Okay, and the DHL Super Rugby Pacific is underway. And who is your DHL Rugby Super Pacific player of the round? Um, yeah. Um, I didn't watch a lot of rugby this week, but um, I did see the the, um, the Chiefs game um, the next day, and I thought Sean Stevenson, he's probably been mentioned many times this week, um, was outstanding. So, yeah, Sean Stevenson, he's been playing consistently all year, and I wouldn't be surprised to hear his name in that all-black uh, team too. Well, it'd be an absolute travesty if it's not. Yeah. I mean, boy, you want to encourage players to stay. He asked them to do everything right. He doesn't get picked, and yet last year we picked Roger Tuivasa-Sheik, and yeah, it'd be hard to leave one out and have chosen the other. Yeah. Uh, DHL Super Rugby Pacific, catch the action live on Sky Sports or get tickets at superrugby.co.nz. Just want to acknowledge DHL for their continuing support here of SENZ and, of course, the Chemist Warehouse.